Welcome to Rise, Pray, Love. This is Casey Baxley and Kevin Blevins. And we are here tonight to um, talk to you about teaching about salt and light. So um, we decided we would be in Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. Um, if you want to turn there with us, um, if you just want to listen, I'm going to read it for us. So it says, You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It, can, it will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You know, Casey, you are the salt of the earth. Um, it's interesting to think about what Jesus was doing here with his disciples. Um, salt makes you thirsty. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the, the example here lends itself to say or communicate, you know, if we're following Jesus and we're doing things that bring people's attention to who he is Mm -hmm. then this hunger that we have that we're constantly trying to satisfy with all the wrong things right uh this evil desire that we cannot seem to quill um now we are turned in the direction of the solution and we begin to thirst for have a yearning for Mm -hmm. that thing that person in our life and so what Jesus is saying is, hey, look, I want you to be, I want you to live your life in such a way that you make people thirsty for living water. Yeah. So because back then this would have made sense to them because there weren't, you know, 80 bazillion spices like there are today that we would, you know, go get in the kitchen. That the, that salt would be the main thing that they would use. And at that point, that would have, that's what would have brought flavor too, mm. to, to what was... It also was a preservative, yes. right? It could be rubbed on meat and other things to preserve them, uh, to bring a longer life, if you will, a longer mm-hmm. shelf life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it was when it was done, when you had used it up, or if it had sat too long and it had lost its saltiness, it was thrown out on the road to keep weeds and other plants from growing in that area. So it once it had deviated from its useful purpose. It literally brought about desolation to the road yeah. for, you know, with the purpose of being walked on, tread underfoot. Um, so anyway, that's, that's an interesting uh, way to think about our lives whenever we're living outside of what we know Christ wants us to do, the ways that he's outlined for us to live as, as citizens of his kingdom, as people under his leadership under his lordship, mm-hmm. um, literally our lives become less than useful. They are desolate. Right. Yeah. So, so the first line is, you are the salt of the earth. And then the second one says, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? So why do you think he followed up with a question after, tell, after telling these large, I mean, you know, these crowds of people that they, that they could be the salt of the earth? I don't. 
I don't pretend to understand everything about what Jesus was thinking, but I, I do think that he's asking them this question, what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Because it's something that they would all understand. Okay. It's something that they could all relate to. So what he's doing is he's setting up uh, the next question. Can you make it salty again? So Sunday night, um, I teach a, well, I, I rotate through teaching um, a youth group of kids. And it was so interesting um, because we were talking about this passage. And I, we were teaching and talking about how they can study their Bible on their own. And so when I got to that question and I said, can you make it salty again? It was about a 50-50 head-shaking yes and head-shaking no. <laughs> and so then we got in the discussion of once it gets to a certain point of salty, <laughs> you, you can't make it saltier. Right. It's, it, so you're not doing it again. It's, it's done. That's right. it. Um, and so it was just very interesting to watch their little light bulb moments of, right. okay, that would be how I'm supposed to live. Right. So right. It it's like um, when water is tainted, we can purify it. Mm -hmm. Or when, um, you know, if you have some play sand and the it gets dirt clods in it you can sift it yes so there's a way for us to correct it or make it better or return it to the state that we want it to be in but with the spice salt with with that substance there's no way once it's lost its saltiness to return it to that original yeah. state right and so it, it, it is it was jesus's way of saying look when you when you stop using the power of God, when you stop allowing, excuse me, not using, allowing the power of God in your life to, to help you live the way that I want you to live, to, to show yourself to be citizens of my kingdom, to draw attention to who I am right. as the king of the kingdom, uh, then your life not only becomes not useful at at the right places, like the table, mm -hmm. right? It becomes destructive. So the salt, again, the salt was thrown out, and it says in the next sentence, it will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. It's worthless to the feast, mm -hmm. but it is desolate to the plants and other things that would grow and bring life to the road that it's thrown on when it's trampled underfoot. And so, you know, our lives are, are either, we're either working uh, out our salvation and loving Jesus and, and finding ourselves uh, living out the joy of our salvation. And Jesus said, I came that they might have life and that they might have it abundantly. Okay. And he's, he wants to empower us as our king with knowledge of how we should live. You know, his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, his right. teachings uh, the teachings throughout the New Testament as God gave his word to the writers of the New Testament and allow us to know that the fruit of the Spirit is, is evidence of his presence in our life. So all of these things bring about good things, bring about life, right? Yeah. That is the saltiness of our faith. And then if we, if we don't continue to, to abide in him, another illustration that he uses and another part of the, of the New Testament is that if we abide in him like a vine 
uh, branch abides into the vine, mm-hmm. uh, then then we have life. But if we don't abide in Him, we become we become dead and brittle, and we need to be cast into the fire, and it's a waste. And see, I think both of those things tie back to what we're all about, which is the the rise, pray, love part of it. Um, because if we don't rise, then then we're not going to have that salt. We're not going to have that attachment to the vine to be able to do the things that we have to do on this earth. If we're not praying, then, then now we don't have that communication line. And then if we're not loving out, we're not able to show others back to Jesus for what we're doing. So, um, you know, I said that's what we're all about. And, and I, God has given me that rise, pray, love, and given Kevin that rise, pray, love, to be able to be a vehicle to talk about our relationship with Jesus. Because that's really what any of this is all about is just our personal relationship with who Jesus is. It just helps us as humans, gives us a practical way to think about, okay, I can do this. Jesus wanted to use very practical ways to teach. He wanted to use things like salt that he knew the people could relate to so that they would have a way to kind of get their brains around the deeper spiritual things that he was actually teaching them. Um, And at this point in their relationship with Jesus, all they had were the words coming out of Jesus's mouth. Uh, Now as believers, we believe that the Holy spirit indwells us and interprets for us the truth of God's word. And so we have more working with us within us now than they did then. And so he's literally trying to give them parables and examples of things to relate his spiritual truth too. That doesn't mean that these words have less power for us now. Yeah. Like rise, pray, love. These are these are words that we can use to help us have encounters. I like what you always say: is is we can have God sightings mm-hmm. and um, faith talks, faith talks around words like rise, pray, love, because we it gives us adjectives to to describe the power that Jesus brings to help us live our lives in a way to reveal who he is. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of times there are a lot of people out there that follow Jesus that I think, well, I mean, I remember this early on when I, when I first met Jesus um, and it, it's hard to articulate. It's hard to tell somebody about who Jesus is um, for a couple of reasons. One, you, you don't have those adjectives. You don't know, you haven't had enough experiences to know how to say it. But then the other part of it is there's this expectation that you have to be able to, to spout out all the scripture. And so being able to, you know, listen to a podcast like this and learn about how to express what God has done on your inside out, um, I think it just makes it so much easier to talk to people about who he is for you. Right. So in just a minute, uh, let's, let's move on to verse yeah. 14. Okay. So we're back in Matthew 5 again, and we're, we've, we've gotten all the way down to verse 14. And so Jesus at this point switches from talking about salt to talking about light. So it says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So what kind of deeds will praise your Heavenly Father? Well, it would be those things that, well, it can be as easy as helping somebody with basic needs. Food, water, shelter, 
Um, it can be as simple as um, somebody having a bad day and you know offering a handshake or a smile or um, a hug. Um, there's any number of things that can be a deed that you can you can point them back to Jesus with. Yeah, and so I think that that in this world, in this life, because of the brokenness of this world and because there is an evil one mm-hmm. that is prowling around looking for whom he might steal, kill, and destroy, he's just, he's bad news, yeah. and he's bringing bad news to us to do anything he can to distract us from the fact that the Messiah, the Savior, has come and is going to renew his kingdom on this earth and dwell among us and be with us again, which means sin and death will be fatally defeated mm-hmm. and finally disposed God. of. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I think that when we do something that will will shine out so that it praises God, it's really anything that reflects the character of God that brings about that ultimate love, right? That, mm-hmm. that sacrificial love that would cause the God of the universe to send his one and only son and allow him to die for us. But we could think about it like it's falling in the, in the categories of the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So if we're showing people love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, those are all things that we don't see very often right now. Right. And so any of those things, people are going to, they're going to want to know why are you doing that when I don't see it everywhere else. Right. And right. that opens that door. Right. So, you know, uh, um, I've started trying to train myself to remember mm-hmm. that my mission on a daily basis includes making the lives of the people I encounter better. Right. So when I'm walking through the grocery store to pick up some items for my lunch and I see a lady there at the counter that I see most times when I go in there, and I go in there pretty frequently, um, I always stop to ask her how her morning's going. Gotcha. Because it's obvious. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about here, but it's obvious when you talk to this woman that almost nobody must talk to this woman. Yeah. Yeah, she's invisible. Yeah, and so the fact that I notice her and that I stop and ask her how her morning's going, it's so simple to me. It wouldn't matter a whole lot to me if somebody passed me in the grocery store and said, hey, how's your morning going? Sure. I would say, it's going great. How about you? Yeah. Expecting them to say, great, so that I could move on with my day, yeah, right? right? But, but to this woman, when I said, the first time I said that to her, she told me a little story, and I could see the light just come on in her eyes, and I realized I, I could make her life a little better by stopping and saying good morning to her. Yeah. Um, now, I do think that there are bigger ways. I mean, I feel like I've gotten used to, because I'm used to teaching in the local church, I've gotten used to dumbing things down to the lowest common denominator. But I do think that God calls us to sacrificial living. Yeah. And sometimes it's about God saying to me, hey, you need to not be able to do some of the things you want to do so that you can make somebody else's life better. Mm. Yeah. And 
he he wants us to do those things not because it makes us better than anybody else or because we've or we, because we've been worse than everybody else and so now we have to do these things to prove to him that we're getting better yeah. that's not it has nothing to do with that it has to do with the fact that these works will shine out and draw uh, draw people's gaze toward the source of light and life which is Jesus yeah no absolutely I, I couldn't agree more and there's so many different ways to do that and and it goes back to that intentional living it goes back to um, the reason that you want to when you rise in the morning you want to make sure that you are focused on who Jesus is and talking to him to find out what those things are going to be for that day um, you know sometimes it's easy to put God in a box it's easy to take him down to where you want him to be instead of opening yourself up to doing what he wants you to do to be able to expose your relationship with him to others. Well, so. and, and he wants to expose our relationship. He, he says, you are the light of the world. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what he's really saying here is, look, I came and did what I came to do. Mm-hmm. I came to live, die, and resurrect, and ascend into heaven, and that someday I'm coming back. But until I do, you are the light of the world. He brought the light into the world, and now we are the light with his presence in us. And now we have an opportunity to shine out the way he did when he walked the earth. Uh, and so we, we can't diminish the role that we have as believers in Jesus to help build his kingdom until he comes back. Because all we're about is proclaiming that the king has come, he has won the victory, he, uh, he is going to be enthroned, and our lives as part of his kingdom are going to be eternally better. And we can't lose sight of that message. Yeah. So I find it interesting in verse 14 where it says, you are the light of the world, because after that, it doesn't say anywhere in there only if you're an intro. I mean, only if you're an extrovert, or you are the light of the world. Except if you're an introvert, it just says you are the light of the world. So when we follow Jesus, no matter what our personality is, no matter what um, we like or we don't like, um, we still have to be a light of the world. We still have to make sure that the light that we have is not hidden, but is is out there for everybody to see. And the, the cool thing to me is, I, and I love the psychology of, of just human people, um, because there's so many different ways to reach different types of people. Mm -hmm. And so if you are an introvert and you don't like to, you know, sing it from the rooftops, that you still have lots of things that you can do. Um, so you don't think that Jesus' statement that, uh, you know, about how it needs to be on a stand where it can be seen by all in the house is a statement that only people willing to get up on a, a, on a stage in front of a large group of people in a place we call a church building um, are the light of the world. Correct. Absolutely. Or, or only those people who speak up in small group. Right. Or only those people that are willing to stand up for their faith by... Uh, drawing attention to themselves by what they say uh, to people at work. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, 
there are so many ways to reach people because there are plenty of people that are out there just like you. Um, and so whatever that, that goes back to a communication with Jesus. You need to go back and talk to Jesus about, okay, what, what is going to fit my personality that I can show my light and my relationship with you to others? Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people that are great at writing encouraging notes. Mm. You know, that's a very introverted thing to, to do, but it makes a huge difference. Nobody writes notes anymore. Um, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about somebody during the day, I mean, it's very easy to pick up your phone and text them and say, just thought about you praying for you. How are you? You know, and that's not, that's not going out in front of hundreds of people and, you know, getting your Bible out and reading your Bible. Um, one of my good friends, um, she's an introvert. And so what God told her to do, uh, which I thought was genius, um, is she gets on TikTok and she reads scripture. But you don't ever see her. She's got her camera focused on the Bible. Hmm. And so all you, all you do is hear her reading and then you see the scripture as it's being read, and that's it. So she could still hide behind the camera, but show others who Jesus is and her and how um, her relationship is going with him. So, well, and and I, I like for people to think in terms of things that they are comfortable with, mm-hmm. and then let God lead you to the place where you discover those things that you're not comfortable with. Absolutely. For instance, I met this person once while I was in children's ministry that was doing things that she was comfortable with by organizing things, by fetching and toting, by even being present to guard the children and, and make sure they were safe. And then when I arrived on the scene, uh, I began to uh, so she started off by doing those things that she was very comfortable doing. Right. And then I arrived on the scene and I started inviting her to do things like get on stage in front of the group and like uh, helping me write curriculum, which she was comfortable writing the curriculum. She just wasn't comfortable getting up on stage and being the one teaching the curriculum. And so we began to do, God began to call her to do things that were outside of her comfort zone. And to this point today, now this person Casey M. Baxley, uh, is a person who teaches all the time and God is using in powerful ways in front of people to be somebody who can be uh, at the center of attention in a group and be comfortable doing that. But God had to grow that in her. And so it's the same with us showing our light to the world. Mm -hmm. We can put our light on a stand, to your point. Doing the things that that we are comfortable doing in the power of the Holy Spirit, but rest assured that when you do that and you yield yourself completely, do not be surprised when God takes you places you never saw yourself going. Yeah, and that comes with the being around other believers that are encouraging you to do those things. Right. I mean, yes, we all joke about me not wanting to be on stage, and now I'm a stage hog. Um but it's it all it, a lot of that happened one because I was being intentional in how I was living two I was listening for God to tell me what He wanted me to do but three I had you saying no you can do this no you can do this because let's do this together right um, and then I got to see the fruit of that but that's how we all grow that's why we have to be a disciple of Jesus that helps make disciples right. um, 
because otherwise we would just sit by ourselves because again now we're putting jesus back in a in our box in what in what we believe well and and let's take this out of the context of church work because um it's easy to believe sometimes that our christianity is somehow encapsulated in the activities that happen within the four walls of the church organization right but I mean, those are examples that are true for us because that's where God grew faith in us right. as we did that work. But it's just as just as easy, if not easier, for God to show you his light through you and put it on a stand for all to see when you're kind to your neighbors, yeah. when you're neighborly to your neighbors, yep. when you are um, benevolent to someone in public that you don't have to be meaning you're 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 generous to your server right in an overt way open a door for somebody right right yeah um so gay and i went to a waterburger uh for lunch one weekend and um the waterburger near our home uh we love waterburger okay i like to eat there often you can tell by looking at me that i love to eat <laughs> but i love to eat a waterburger and um good texan yeah, so this this Waterburger had really been struggling since we had lived in the area. It had really, really been struggling. I mean, just to get basic service correct and all that, it was it was just it's kind of bad. I mean, yeah. and I hated to say that about Waterburger because I love Waterburger, but um, then all of a sudden, uh, recently when we were we went there to try it one more time, right? Uh, and because we were driving uh, a long way out of our way to go to a Waterburger because uh, this one was kind of just it was bad, yeah. And so we went there recently to try it again, and um, it was great. Then we went back not long after that, and it was great again. And I saw that they had this new young guy who. On his badge, rather than manager, it said operating partner. Oh. And so I said, hey, I, I know that you are part of the management team here, and I know that you're new. Yeah. And I said, and we want you to know that since you've been here, I'm guessing it since you've been here that the service here has gotten so much better, and we really appreciate it. We noticed yeah. your hard work. And this guy just kind of lit up. He goes, man, thank you so much. And um, we went and sat down and it wasn't long at all that they brought our food. Our order was correct. It was great. And he came out from behind the counter as soon as he was able and brought us coupons for a free shake and a free water burger. Yeah. And he said, I just wanted to say thank you for continuing to support our store even when we were working to get our service right. And anyway, so I'm just saying that to say that was a kind of a long story, but my point is, is that, is that I, that wasn't to show you guys what a great guy I am. It was to show you that in that moment, that was me letting my light shine. I, I just did something that came natural. And I, honestly, I just appreciated the fact that the Waterburger right by my house yeah. <laughs> is now a place where I can go and eat. Right. Uh, and, and I wanted to do everything I could, including using some encouraging words to make sure that it was going to keep going that way. Right. And this guy, I mean, it really seemed to impact him. And so even in small ways, mm-hmm. uh, even if you're not, uh, like Casey said, you're not an extrovert, you're not somebody who's going to walk up to a complete stranger and say encouraging things like that, you can do things that will let your light shine and show that you are different, yeah. uh, that you do care, 
that you do want other people's lives to be better because you were in the space. And building those relationships like that is what ends up um, making it where you can then talk about your relationship with Jesus because you've taken the time to to talk to them and get to know them and build them up. And so, um, you know, one of the best things to me is helping anybody take a next step of faith, whatever that, that is. And, you know, even if that's just, Hey, I've got a bad taste in my mouth for all you people that say you're Christians. Why are you different? Um, you know, that that's just huge. So this week, look and see in your life where you can be salt in your family's lives where you can be salt, um, in the work world, um, just to anybody, anywhere at any time, look where you can shine your light so that they know who you love the most. Um, if you have any questions about that, or if you, um, want to know maybe some more practical ways to do those things, or you have a prayer request, please feel free to reach out to us through Facebook, um, which is rise, pray, love, um, Facebook group. Or uh, we also have a website that is also risepraylove.com. And uh, we hope to, to hear you or see you or have, never mind, cut that part yeah, off. That's okay. No worries. <laughs> no, we just hope to hear from you soon and have a great rest of your week.